Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, August the 12th, and uh, uh, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I thank you for being present and breaking open God's Word and opening your heart, your spirit, your, your life to where God invites us today through His Word. Um, gosh, wonderful gospel today, one that you're going to know. Uh, But before I dive into it, just wanted to let you know we're going to try some new things on the pod coming up here in the next handful of days. I bought a microphone. So I've I've been using my phone for the last year. Well, we're we're actually upgrading to a microphone now. And we're going to see how this works. And uh, may even incorporate an original song from my daughter, Bridget, as uh, an intake and outtake. So... This is just feels like I'm being a producer here. So I hope you're able to hear it okay. I guess I say that if it, if it, if it sounds different, uh, let me know if, it's, uh, if, if I'm not doing something correctly because I want to make sure you can hear the podcast well. So my friends, today we are going to look at Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through chapter 19, verse 1. As I said, a very famous but a very foundational story, a very foundational topic, let me say that, uh, for, um, for what we, uh, who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, okay? So let's break open God's Word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed, and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives their brother from their heart. 
When Jesus finished these words, he left Galilee and went to the district of Judea across the Jordan. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And so, my friends, isn't that just a wonderful reading today? Doesn't it just remind us of of one of those elemental, foundational parts of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, right? You know, uh, two days ago we talked about, uh, with Karen Hennings, when Karen was um, on the podcast, and we said, listen, if you boil Christianity down to two sentences, three sentences, two or three things, whatever it is, one of those would be dying to ourself, dying so that another may live. That, that whole idea of, uh, of the, the grain of wheat, unless it dies, you know, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it yields that rich harvest. That whole idea of the spiritual journey is about dying to our own agendas, dying to our own control, dying to our own fame or our name or our, our wanting to be the center of what it is, dying to the fact that our life is about us. That that is one of the, the absolute foundational parts of the spiritual journey. You know, I, I would say this one is, is on a very, very short list on another, and that's the centrality of forgiveness. Gosh, that may be the the name of the podcast today as I sit here and say this. The centrality of forgiveness. You know, Peter, and and I've said this many times, brothers and sisters, you know what, forgive if if I'm simply repeating because, you know, I'm just not that smart. And 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 really all these things come back to to a few things. But Peter asks that question, Lord, uh, if my, I want to get it correctly, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times. And again, I've talked about this, but the magnanimous, the magnanimous gesture that Peter's giving here is really to his credit. You know, uh, I want to say scripture would say forgive once, by the second time, boom, you can be nailing him. And, and Peter's saying, hey, do I, do I stretch that out even seven times? And we can, we can mock him from 2,000 years of distance, but how many of us forgive somebody seven times? Not, not many. Not many. And so he's, he's really saying, hey, can I do this? Um, but as you know, and as I've said before, essentially, though, what Peter is asking, essentially is he saying, Lord, when, when, when can I leave this forgiveness part? and go back to the part that says, I don't have to forgive anymore. Because that's, I won't say that's what Peter's saying, that's where I want to be, but he's saying that's where life is lived, right? That's, that's the air we breathe, is being able to hold grudges and, and gossiping about people behind their back and, and being able to keep them at a distance and us and them. That's where life is lived, Jesus. You might be a little naive. You're inviting us to this forgiveness thing, and we'll jump through that hoop. We'll, we'll, we'll do it if we have to. Heck, I'll even do it seven times if I need to, if that's what you're saying, because I respect and believe in you that much. But let's be honest, there's an end to it. And Jesus says, there is no end. Not seven times, but 77 times. We either live in this space of 
holding grudges of us and them, of keeping at a distance. Or we live in a space of compassion and mercy because that's where God is. And then he uses that wonderful parable, right? Of, uh, of let's take a look at who God is. There was a, a debtor who owed a huge amount, so much so that he had no way of paying it back. And, uh, and what does the master do? I mean, I love this line. So, okay, the, the, the master calls him in. Let's, let's give it in full. The master calls him in, and the servant fell down. Now, the, the master was going to, you know, sell him, sell the, the, his wife, his goods, his family, whatever, get as much as you could off it. He wouldn't pay the debt, but get something for it. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. He didn't say, I don't owe you anything. What are you talking about? There's no debt between us. He realized, brothers and sisters, the great amount of debt that he did owe. And he fell down in homage before and said, please be patient. I, I will pay you back. And then there's the line. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. Moved with compassion. Two things happen there, brothers and sisters, that I think are key in this reading, at least for me. And the first is this. The servant knew he was in debt to the master. The servant didn't try to pretend that he wasn't. He didn't live in illusion. He didn't argue and say, no, I'm just fine. He fell down in homage and begged because he knew the amount he owed and he knew it was beyond any, any way of paying back. Brothers and sisters, the servant knew who he was. And God, secondarily here, knew who he was. He is mercy itself. Brothers and sisters, forgiveness is not something God does. Compassion is not something God does. Mercy is not something God does. It is who God is. Moved with compassion, he forgave the entire debt. And then, of course, it goes on to talk about, but who didn't remember who they were and what they'd been given? The servant. And brothers and sisters, of course, Jesus and Jesus' wisdom and brilliance holds up a mirror to you and I. Of course we are that servant, right? We are the one who owes an amount that we cannot pay. And moved with compassion, our God forgives us. But we forget. We forget and we go about our daily business in this world that I talk about that we live in, that the air we breathe is us and them, is holding grudges, is, is 
realizing we're on the in and we're and they're on the out and not forgiving and we take a part in the culture. And our God says, listen, if you're going to be a follower of me, you have to choose which are you in, which world. Do you want to be in Peter's world? The world you see around you all the time? Okay. But, but, but don't claim that you're a follower of mine. Or do we want to live in the world of our God? Remember Luke chapter 6, right? Be merciful as our Heavenly Father is merciful. That's it. Now, here's the best news, brothers and sisters. If we are going, well, this isn't the best news, but this is it. If, if we are going to be followers of Jesus Christ, we need to clothe ourselves with Christ, which is mercy. And, uh, and, and when they look at us, they will see Christ. But if when they look at us, they see grudges, and they see distance, and they see walls, and they see self-righteousness, um, they're not going to see Christ in that. And if they do, we're teaching them a Christ that is not uh, the, the, the God of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we do a disservice. Here's the best news, though. All we need to do, my friends, is remember who we are. First and foremost, as women and men in need of forgiveness, a debt that we cannot pay. And we can only do that when we remember and we spend time in silence and we we enter into that unity, that union, that relationship with Christ. And, And in that relationship, in that silence, we remember all the ways we fall short of God's wonderful goodness and glory. We are not owed anything, brothers and sisters. It is all gift. It is all gift. It is all grace. You know, I've uh, used this, uh, this quote before by Robert Louis Stevenson. I love it. There is nothing but God's grace. We walk upon it. We breathe it. We live and die by it. Brothers and sisters, that's it, isn't it? It's all grace. It is unmerited gift. And to the extent that we know we cannot pay anything back, but yet God gives us that grace anyway, we bathe in it, we walk in it, we live and die by it. Brothers and sisters, that's what we're talking about. That God's action is always first. It is never second. And it wasn't in this parable too. It was first. And because we live and move and have our being in God's grace, we let it sit within us And then we share it. We can only give what we have experienced and what we have. Brothers and sisters, God first and foremost gives it to us. But A, do we know we need it? And two, in knowing our needing it, do we experience God's grace? Do you remember that story of the manna? That they could only pick up enough for a day, but if they tried to pick up more, it, it, uh, it soiled. It, it went bad. They can only pick up what they needed for that day because tomorrow they're going to have need to and it's going to be there. It taught them to trust God every day. I think that's true of God's grace. Brothers and sisters, we are in need of it today. And, and, and we, we, we take it in. And because we take it in and experience it, we are able to give. We must give because if we hold on to it, it's going to rot. It's going to rot just like that manna did. We take it in and we hold on to it and we give it away. 
And tomorrow we're going to be in need of it again because we're going to need to remember. We need to be people of memory because if not, we also fall into the habit of the servant here who forgets who he is as a person filled with God's grace, as, as gifted, and, uh, and didn't want to give it away. And so he went down and shook somebody else down for what they owed him. Brothers and sisters, the only way to separate ourselves from the world we live in is to stay close to the one who continues to offer us and give us his very being, which is grace and forgiveness and mercy. And it's the only way we can clothe ourselves with that same grace and forgiveness and mercy. We've got to be close to him. We've got to be part of the vine. Last thing I'll say. Last thing I'll say, because it's really wonderful. You know, the first reading today is uh, Joshua and the, the, um, uh, the, the Hebrew people taking the Holy Land. And what they did was Joshua ordered through God's uh, action, hey, have the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant go walk in the Jordan River and stand there right at the edge. And what's going to happen is the Jordan will stop uh, flowing and there will be dry land for you to walk into this new land. And you can take this new land uh, because you'll be walking on it. And not only does that remind the Hebrew people and remind us of the Exodus event that God took them through the Reed Sea uh, from slavery, you know, from Egypt into, into the desert, uh, that God freed them from that slavery at that point. But it shows them you know, that, that uh, this same event is happening. So it reminds us of the Exodus event. But brothers and sisters, the other thing it reminds us of, and it should, is this is our baptism. Brothers and sisters, we have been baptized into the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of God. And that takes us, not only our baptism, but this grace and mercy that we experience daily because of God's goodness. It takes us from this desert of sin. That's what it's called, right? You go look it up in Scripture if you don't believe me. The desert of sin. And it takes us into this new place. Brothers and sisters, what this forgiveness does for us, what our baptism does for us, is it immerses ourselves in God's grace. And it allows us to enter into a new land and take it. We live and move and have our being in the world, which is a world that says, how often do I have to forgive? When can I get to the other side and, and go back to, to being non-forgiveness? But Jesus says, you need to cross over. There's a new land on the other side of the Jordan, and it's through the grace and mercy of God because we experience it first, and then, and only then, can we give it away. The centrality of forgiveness is every bit as essential in our walk as dying to self so that we may live for others. Amen and amen, huh? Let's pray, my friends. And so we begin, of course, uh, with the sign of our faith uh, as we continue through the luminous mysteries here. And let's just trust our God who knows our need, who knows our need, and is not loath to give it, but desirous to give it. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth luminous mystery, the transfiguration of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have the best Thursday. God's blessings on you. And may we pray for one another in this journey of forgiveness, because it is not an easy road. But I know it is the road our God invites us on. God's peace to you.